Four Against the Void is over, but you can commemorate the trials and triumphs of the Torkoal Tones with the Critical Hit Season 1 Limited Edition t-shirt. This classy red armor slot item features the likenesses of Orem, Randus, Torque, and Smith. The Season 1 shirt is perfect for a night on the town, gaming with friends, or facing down aberrant polydimensional god beings. Funnel cakes and healing potions are not included. Major spoilers, not responsible for excessive levels of awesome. This is your chance to own a piece of critical hit history, because once these shirts are gone, they're gone for good. That's right. You need to order your shirt by December 15th, 2010. Order it today and make each of your rolls a critical hit. Head over to the Major Spoilers store, majorspoilers.com slash store. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast... Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, podcast, the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers podcast, our weekend edition, our kickback edition, our edition where we talk about anything that comes to mind. Or this week, anything that comes to your mind. <gasps> How do we do it? Well, oh, yeah. if you follow Major Spoilers on Twitter or if you follow Fearsome Critter, on Twitter, then you have access to us and you can ask us questions at any time, usually on Friday afternoons when I'm just waiting for that last half hour, 45 minutes of the day to blow out. Mm. I'll say, hey, let's play around of Ask Major Spoilers anything. And people can ask any question they want about anything that they want, and I will give them an answer. May not always be the answer that they're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, uh, oh, I forget the one that was recently something about, uh, you know, how much money does Major Spoilers make? Right. Well, I gave them an answer, but it wasn't the answer they were looking for, and it may not have been the real answer, but uh, it was an answer. So uh, this week, before we recorded the show on Tuesday... And I, the honest answer is none of your damn business. Yeah. Well, without being <laughs> without being rude about it, yes. Right. Um, so we, uh, well, I, no, threw, out, I threw out the, uh, the call prior to recording our previous show, and we had quite a few that came in. And so I thought we would uh, rattle through some of these and see what we could uh, do. Um... One question. Del Toro to oversee the new Hulk television show. What do you guys think about this? Guillermo Del Toro. Um, At least maybe even directing the first pilot episode. Here's co-scripting the, the show. Uh, here's here's what worries me. This might make it great, and that's fine. But do you guys remember that show Smith with like Ray Liotta? Um, no. it was on oh, like, it's for, like one episode. It was on for three seconds and it got yeah, yeah. canceled after its first episode because yeah, yeah, yeah. even though lots of people watched it, not enough people watched it to justify paying Ray Liotta and its star studded cast right. to continue making the show. Right. I, w- I worry about Del Toro breaking the bank on it. And even though it's, this might be, su- it's Disney successful, money, Rodrigo. Uh, that's true. But you know, you know what Disney does with its money sometimes? Yeah disband their entire anim- like their entire yeah, cell animation, animation studio yeah, and then do. cry and cry and cry and put it together again for Winnie the Pooh. Yep, that's true. So, you know, just because it's just because Disney has the money to throw it at it doesn't mean that they're not going to say, "Hmm, maybe this wasn't a good investment." Yeah. That the fir- when I first saw that, first I thought, "Well, what's Benicio del Toro going to do 
that he's involved with the Hulk. Yeah, then yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, wait. Yeah. Matthew, any thoughts, concerns? You really don't care about comic books to movies or television. I don't. Radio. How come? It's not even so much that. Um, I When it comes to comic books, I feel like adaptations are always disappointing to somebody. And generally, they're disappointing to me. But there's also the factor of, I don't necessarily know, you know, we've said this before. What does it mean that Benicio Del Toro is going to possibly be directing the Hulk? This is Hell, I don't know. I don't care. Okay. That Benicio thing was a joke. <laughs> okay. Guillermo, Benicio, they're all the same guy, right? No, wait. <laughs> well, they're directors. And directors... <laughs> Directors change their names for tax purposes. I don't feel like somebody being involved with something is going to initially, you know, automatically make it good. It's not going to automatically make it bad. I'm not a huge fan of Del Toro. I'm not a huge fan of the Hulk. I mean, it'll probably be something that if it's really amazing, I'll watch. But just because it exists and it's based on a comic, even a comic I love, doesn't mean I'm going to love it because I'm having issues trying to decide whether I even want to continue watching Earth's Mightiest Avengers. You, even you though like I love show? the stories it's based on, I'm just kind of like, mm, do you like that show or not? I don't know. I don't hate it necessarily. Okay. But, you know, it's not my best friend. I, I was just curious because I've been watching that show on and off, and, you know, I'm not, as people know, time and time again, I am not a big Marvel reader. Marvel reader. Because it's so hard to get into. But I like mm-hmm. watching Superhero Squad. I like watching this new Avengers show. I like watching the Spider-Man show. He likes things show like Batman that are, that are a lot yeah, that you can to just get walk into. into. Yeah, that you can just walk into. No, but I mean, Hello. Uh, yeah. well, I, even See, Batman is so easy to get into that even Batman just walks into it. I know, it. he does. Hello, I just came back from the past. <laughs> What's been going on, you guys? But I, I like watching these animated shows in the movies because... It just, I don't know, it just seems to work There's no a lot barrier better. to entry. Yeah, there's really not. I mean, if a three-year-old can get a kick out of it, mm-hmm. then it can't be too hard to, uh, to, uh, to figure if it out. If a three-year-old can get a kick out of it, it should be perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, James Hickson said, have you guys seen the brand new Secret Origin, the story of the DC Comics movie that uh, just came out on DVD last week? It's a documentary. Um... I saw it. They sent it to me. I haven't had a chance to write up a review, so we'll make this a review. Okay. I didn't. I was going to twi- uh, live tweet it like I did with the uh, Superman Shazam movie, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't get a chance to with this. Uh, Secret Origin, the story of the DC Comics, is a documentary about 75 years of comics history as told through the DCI. Uh-huh. So it is... We're so great. We're is, super great. Well, it's colored. I mean, Dan DiDio, or Didio only has like maybe a minute's worth of commentary throughout the whole documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Lee only appears like maybe in three short, really quick moments, especially when they're talking about Wildstorm. Mm-hmm. It's mostly narrated from Mark Wade. Uh, well, not, I mean, the story's told through Mark Wade. Most of his bites are, are from Mark Wade. Um, it's narrated by Ryan Reynolds. Nice. Which is nice. Ryan Reynolds has a great narration voice. If you didn't, if you just heard him narrating something, you wouldn't know it was Ryan Reynolds. Right. I want him to narrate something for me. I want him to read the phone book to me. Right. <laughs> Arthur Adams. A. Arthur Adams. Um, so this is a little bit colored through the, through the lens of DC. Uh, you know, they, 
who was it? Neil Adams that did the Speedy is uh, on drugs uh, issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right, Matthew? Yes. Neil Adams. They interview him. Yep. And the way it comes off, it's like he's the one that did drugs in comics. Huh. You know, as the first the first thing. But I'm pretty sure Stan Lee did it with with their drug issue where he broke the comic code, refused to go along with the comic code. Am mm-hmm. I right on that or not? You are wrong. Am I wrong? Okay. So Neil did it first? Yep. Okay. Um, yep. It's, it's an interesting documentary, but for some reason I have a feeling that this aired on Discovery Channel at one point. <coughs> there are very specific moments in the piece where it feels like, hey, here's a commercial break. Yeah. And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. The graphics in this, the animation that they put in this, wonderful. The interviews lit wonderfully, although Mark Wade's segments look oddly colored. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they underexposed it and tried to correct it or overexposed it and tried to correct it. Just something feels wrong about No, no, Mar- Mark Wade is actually hot pink. <laughs> I'll have to show you a clip to, so you get the idea of it. It's good. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not great. If you are a freak about DC Comics, then yeah, I would probably suggest going out and picking this up. Um, but it's not a history of comics. Right. And it's not really even a complete history of DC Comics. You know, they don't go, they talk a little bit about the Golden Age. Most of the time is spent talking about the Golden Age and why changes had to occur going into the Silver Age. But they does it, spend I mean, little does it to get no into time. Siegel and Schuster battles? No, it, no. Hold on, hold on. Does it if get into like... DC, if this is a DC thing and it's an ongoing legal battle, there's no way Warners would well, allow that. Well, but that's that's what I'm saying. Right. That is the history of DC Comics and stuff like that. Does it talk about them like, you know, uh, fighting, then eventually devouring Fawcett Comics? Uh, they do. And that's the other thing. I was like, oh, they're going to talk about sucking up Fawcett Comics and Captain right. Marvel. And they spend like... Again, it's like... 30 seconds to a minute going, at one point, Captain Marvel was even more popular than Superman. The end. And then they go, and now the Silver Age. Right. And it's like, what? And it's, 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 really, yeah. it's really weird that way. Um, they briefly talk about the death of Superman and how that was a big gimmick. Uh, they don't talk about crisis and trying to clean up continuity. They don't talk about uh, any of the modern stuff that's going on. Um, Grant Morrison p- appears like once in the piece. Uh, they talk about mergers, and of course, why, this... would, why would they talk about modern stuff in a history? Well, because that's part of the history of DC Comics. Because they go all the way up to the modern age. They go up to, uh, they talk about Vertigo and they talk about Wildstorm. Now, granted, they don't talk about the part where you know the most recent history, right? Where they've had to cast Disband off and and, and merge in areas. But it, you know it's well done. I, I mean it's 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 nice, but it's probably not something you have to rush out and buy. I'm going to give it three and a half slices of meatloaf for that. So that's mm-hmm. Secret Origin: The History of the DC Comics. You can go check it out. It's from Warner Home Video DVD. It's not uh, it's not Blu-ray. It's 90 minutes long. It's a it's worth 90 minutes. In fact, I'm going to give it to Rodrigo so he can go watch it because okay. I know he loves DC Comics. I sure do. All right. Um. Let's see. Planning on wearing my critical hit shirt at PAX East to pimp major spoilers, the podcast. Thank you so much. Should mention that this t-shirt sales in December 15th. It's an awesome shirt designed by Rodrigo. I like it. Um, Let's see. This is a kind of a. I kind of have to rephrase this question because it's kind of come out as a as a statement. 
Um, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the fact that Critical Hit and the Major Spoilers content, uh, uh, podcast are heard around the world and the fact that people like Aldo, Adriana, and many others take your characters and make their own interpretations of them. Hmm. That's from uh, Vista Popolis. Vistapa Plus. Yes. Vista Popolopolis. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What do you think? That's from Mr. You know what? Chicken, chicken Stink? <laughs> uh, that's that's Kitchen Sink, Stephen. <laughs> what do you think, Rodrigo? Um, it's pretty cool. Honestly, the fact that we have um, an international listenership. Right. Um. It's pretty cool and has actually allowed me to learn new things. For example, I learned from like an Australian. Canada are our friends to the north? I learned from an Australian that they call toilets the dunny. America's hat. <laughs> America's hat. <laughs> what does that make Mexico? America's beard. <laughs> what does that make Florida then? Hey, Rodrigo. <laughs> hey, Rodrigo. If Mexico is America's beard, what does that make Stephen's wife? <laughs> Steven's beard? Hey! What do you think, Matthew? Do you get a kick out of finding uh, out that people uh, around the world uh, listen to the show? Or do you care? Hmm, well, I it, I think that there's there's a lot of things that you could say. And for me, it's probably going to break down to bonjour, hola, tag, guten morgen. You know, I believe that the more we show up and do stuff and then it's just like, you know, whatever we want to do is probably going to be better if it's more accessible. I have always worried that what we do is pretty much only going to be accessible to fat white guys from, you know, the Midwest who are in their late 40s. Uh, some of whom may have gone to Fort Hayes State University. That's pretty much what I thought was going to be the target audience. And then you you brought in this new kid, and he actually you know gave us that that cachet that made us more than just two fat guys whining about comics. So I'm actually thrilled when people like stuff. And I you know every once in a while I had a a complete markout moment uh, recently. A comment appeared from a, a creator. And I sent you an email, as I recall. I was like, did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? And oh, you're yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. have no idea who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it to was me, the, that uh, was a Miracle Man, the, the publisher of Miracle right, Man. Was right, right. Yeah. Dead, dead skin, yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. But yeah, I love the fact that people come and read our stuff. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to have that background. I love the fact that we're accessible. That you don't necessarily need to know all of our in jokes to get involved, but are you it shocked? Helps. Are you shocked or surprised that there's a a Matthew fan base or a Torque fan base or a Rodrigo fan base or a Stephen fan base? Does that shock you at all? Do you get a little um, not real? Do you start to fall into that cult of personality? Like, hey, look at me, I'm Matthew. <laughs> this is the Matthew Show, or I'm Rodrigo, the greatest DM in the world. Right. You certainly think so. No, I really don't. And for me, it breaks down to a question of you're only as awesome as you think you are. And having somebody tell me on the Internet, you know, hey, that was wonderful. That was really well written. The answer to that is, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's not I sure am awesome because people love me on the Internet because 
you know, if I go to work right now and my office is open and I walk in and I say, how many people have heard of major spoilers? There'll be about six hands. Right. And I'll say, how many people heard of major spoilers from someone other than me? And there'll be one. So, yes, I love the fact that we do what we do. I like doing what we do, even if it comes down to a point where, you know, everything else gets set to the side and I spend my whole Sunday evening working on a hero history. You know, I wouldn't do that if I didn't love it. But then there's also the question of if somebody loves my work, that doesn't mean that I'm inherently good any more than somebody hating my torque portrayal and saying I'm an ass clown yeah, yeah, yeah. means that I'm terrible. Yeah. You know, I, I, somebody I, liking my work is it it's grateful. You know, I love to hear it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily change much. It doesn't change the way that I address things. It can't. Because if I start believing hype from people who already love me, all it's going to do is make me insufferable and obnoxious, and then I'm going to be crying about red letters. <laughs> I, um, uh, for me, it's a little weird, and don't take this the wrong way, but my celebutard status happened a long time ago mm-hmm. when I was working for Digital Media Net because we were one of the first companies that were out there, large companies, recognized companies, that were writing, essentially taking magazine content and writing magazine content on the for internet. a web inter- audience. This was before we declared that print was dead and all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Before it actually happened. We were doing it years ago. Before and you declared print was dead. <laughs> I declared print was dead uh, Yeah, way back in like 99 or something. Um, but um, I said print was dead when we were in college. Um. But the thing is that the stuff that I was doing there had I – I don't remember what our readership was. I, I think I remember some months we were really excited that we had 100,000 people. And again, mm-hmm. this is early days, but we were working in a closed system. But people were reading our stuff, and right. we were constantly generating stuff that had to be creative and, and quality and all of that stuff. And so we were getting feedback from listeners then and from from viewers then and readers then. My first really weird experience of the fact came when I went to our first uh, NAB uh, a year after we'd been working, and people just came up to me and goes, "Hey, you're Steven Schleicher, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, why?" And I, you know, take the step back because right. I'm either expecting a summons yep. or a punch to the nuts. You've been served, <laughs> and but no, it's just like, oh, I'm just a really big fan of your stuff, and and then other people would come up and want to talk about stuff, and I was like, oh, I don't know where this is coming from because. I'm just doing what I would have done even if mm-hmm. even if there was no celebrity attached, kind of like with what Matthew was saying. Uh, and it's kind of like whenever I started Major Spoilers, I was like, I knew there would be a worldwide audience. But, you know, I'm, you know, I think the it's more interesting and more satisfying for me to see Rodrigo and Matthew and Rob and, and Mike and all these other people that work for the site see their reactions when... You know, the Marvel Man mm-hmm. guy comments on their stuff. Or for Rodrigo, Thomas Perkins? Thomas Perkins is listening to our show and did Kablamicus? Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was very cool to see Rodrigo's reaction uh, to somebody that we consider, you know, popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that they like our stuff. And uh, uh, so, I, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's great. I'm glad people enjoy it that much. And I'm glad that we continue to uh, generate content. And I hope that we're able to generate content for years to come. But it... You know, that all comes with a price. As Matthew said, it may be a Sunday um, spent playing tabletop games mm-hmm. or writing a hero history, or it might be me reaching into my pockets and, and shelling out server time and all of yep. this other stuff. And and 
you know, there's nothing in your pockets. Well, not well, right now. Not after server time. Not after server time. Um, <laughs> and someone has. There was an email that I got this week where someone was like, "You know what? I've been listening to major spoilers for I don't know. I don't know how long now. For weeks now. Maybe this is a comment up on the website. Yeah. I've been listening to to major spoilers and critical hit for a long time now, and I really think that you should start making critical hit a show that comes out multiple times per week. Uh-huh. And it's like. Well, that'd be great if Critical Hit could come out multiple times per week, but we all have something called a day job yeah, so that we can go do Critical Hit once a month or twice a month or whatever it may be, and until we can all quit our day jobs and focus on major spoilers at one time, uh, that ain't going to happen. Although it could happen, but it's never, I mean, it's not going to happen because if every single one of our listeners, both of the Major Spoilers podcast and Critical Hit, donated ten dollars a month Mm -hmm. if everybody did that if everybody donated ten dollars a month just from the podcast listeners and we had a hundred percent of those listeners do that matthew rodrigo and i could quit our our day jobs just like that Mm -hmm. and we would it would be the equivalent of us just making a lateral shift maybe even a little upward shift Mm -hmm. in in pay for us and that would be great that's really actually what we would like right just make that lateral move from what we're doing to doing this full-time then we could start doing that if all of our website listeners donated $10 a month recurring, right. we would have enough money for everybody involved in major spoilers to basically quit their, quit their jobs. Maybe not everybody, maybe not some of our stringer writers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but definitely to uh, you know, pay them. Yeah, yeah. But, but our hardcore crew, they could, they could quit their jobs. So it's, it's a money issue. So if there's any angel investors out there, yep. podcast at majorspoilers.com. Here's, here's the thing. Here's... here's why you should invest on, on major spoilers we have we do have a worldwide audience we mm-hmm. have a diverse audience mm-hmm. lots of girls listen to us yeah i'm surprised um I, I i hear we're good with the gay community as well i'm surprised at that as well so you know that's that's some that's someone that that other comic book sites are not reaching necessarily yeah, quite quite he possibly. said ending broadly Quite possibly. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm I'm constantly surprised when I learn about our readers and where they're from. Being uh, 525, uh, he and I were chatting back and forth, and I was like, you know, I could have swore you were from England. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm from Oklahoma. Nice. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes a little bit of sense. That's because you actually thought he was Mr. Bean. (laughs) He was Mr. Bean. Oh my God, Rowan Atkinson, really? (laughs) Uh, No, dude. Um,. What but you about? know, Scott Hunter writes for us. Yeah, he's from England. He's from England. Um, we've had. We, who do we got uh, down in uh, New Zealand? Um, Dan Hunter. Dan Hunter. No relation. Mm-hmm. Um, we have. Um, you oh, know, we've got uh, our Hector fans yeah. Hector Busnuts. He's from Australia. He is a big follower of the site. Right. We've got Sam Lowe, mm-hmm. who's up in Canada, and several right. people up in Canada from uh, what is their show? The Almost Friday Show. Right. Um. We got people all over, and I'm proud. We've got Sam down in Mexico, right? We got Vistapa down in Mexico, I think. Yeah, is that Vistapolis? Yes. Okay, I thought it was Italian. <laughs> you thought? Wait, you thought Vistapolis was Italian? That sounds Greek. Like Stephen knows anything about Italian? Ziggy Zang, is that French? Ziggy Zang? Yes, it might be. Might be. Sounds more German. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Get out of here, Schleicher. <laughs> somebody wants us to send them pics. Um, somebody says, is of it what? sad that I'm only now of ourselves, apparently? Rodrigo, oh, I know. Rodrigo no. made a crack about wearing his sexy outfit tonight on yep. the uh, on the podcast. Um, 
Somebody said, is it sad that I'm essentially 15 episodes behind? Of the MSP? On the MSP. Well, it is two episodes a week. Just hurry up. It is. Just hurry up. And then he followed up with, uh, I know, I'm catching up every night. Uh, somebody says, Matthew, why don't you answer this question? How about comparing comparing today's cartoons to the olden days? And I don't know if they mean cartoons as in funny strip cartoons or if they actually mean like cartoon <laughs> I, I would cartoons. imagine they mean like uh, animation. There you go, Matthew. Go. Whippersnappers, let me tell you about it. Back in the day, we didn't have computer animation. We had to draw it by hand. And lots of men would have coffee and cigarettes and drink well into the night. I'll tell you something, though. As much as I joke about this, my kid and I tend to watch, uh, we watch ourselves a little bit of the Cartoon Network. Oh, yeah. Love the Cartoon And she is to the point now where she knows when it's a Chuck Jones episode of Tom and Jerry. And she will go, it's a Chuck Jones! I can tell because (laughs) of Tom's eyebrows! Yeah. (laughs) So... I can I, I will tell you that, yeah, there are differences, but I'm not necessarily the expert on cartoons. I will say that for a while when I was a kid, some of my favorite cartoons turned out to be really, really soulless toy commercials. Mm-hmm. For me, some of the greatest well, cartoons of the 80s, the 80s were things yeah. like, you know. He-Man, Transformers, yeah. Go-Bots, G.I. Joe. Gem. Gem. Don't forget Gem. Oh, you do not talk about Gem. You do not. So talk if I say Jim three times, will the uh, will the the will holograms recording? Well, yeah. Or what was their weird computer that gave him hologram powers? Will appear? I don't remember. But yes, you're Synergy. right. All those Synergy. Channel sixty four nice. cartoons from uh, the eighties when we get off school, total commercial sellouts. You know the thing that I, well, I, the, the, not even. I mean, they the they were commissioned yeah, yeah. Yeah. by Hasbro, right? Literally. I mean, they were just 30-minute animated commercials. Right. And so when we talk about old cartoons, I mean, the 80s might be old for Rodrigo. Ancient. But I'm talking about, when we when you say old cartoons, I think right. about Max Fleischer, Superman. I think about the old, the real Bugs Bunny cartoons. Mm-hmm. The, the ones where you actually had a philharmonic with a guy, like, looking behind, like, yes. with the director looking behind his shoulder at the screen. Yes. Going, yes. The weird Chuck Jones stuff is great. Yep. Um, you know, the yeah. the uh he doesn't have to shoot you now kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think is a riot today. No, no, shoot him now. Shoot no, no, no. Now. You don't want to shoot me now. No, you do want to shoot me now. Shoot me now, shoot me now. Hey, he doesn't despicable. have to shoot you now. He does have to shoot me now. Shoot me now, shoot me now. Oh, you're despicable. You know, that kind of stuff is a riot to me. The actual Tom and Jerry stuff where Tom gets a hot iron to the face. Right. Woody Woodpecker, <laughs> mallets, buzz buzzard on the head is a riot to me. You know, the like the old school Donald Duck cartoons in which it's just Donald Duck versus the chipmunks. Yeah, just getting hit. Yeah. And just things going wrong for him and him just like freaking losing and it. Screaming yeah, in like, rage, yes. It's it's the kind of thing that like I'll catch them in the morning and my mom will come down and just she'll just she'll wake up because I'm laughing so hard. Right. Those are the cartoons that I love. I you know, to a lesser extent, I love the super friends from the seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Today's cartoons like are just planets. Yeah, I love Battle of the Planets. Things are blowing up, people are dying. Mm-hmm. Today's cartoons are just not I don't know. I think um 
and hate me for saying this, but I think we've become too politically correct in worrying about violence oh, and you. how that violence is going to affect our children. Think of the children! Think of the children! I grew up watching religiously Little Rascals, Three Stooges, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. Uh, what else were the violent cartoons of the days? The Woody Woodpeckers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going down the street you know, with a gun shooting people or committing right. brutal acts of aggression on people. You do have a weird laugh. That's now. right. <laughs> you yes. Yeah. And, and you Matthew's have a tendency that to commit either. acts of passive aggression. No, I was going to say Matthew is Huge a passive acts of passive one. aggression. Um, yes, Matthew, I'm going to be I'll writing have some more you red know, letters to you next you're week. You're so passive aggressive that you read passive aggressive into me because I am straightforward. <laughs> but, I say you know, great show, guys, and you're like, what do you mean by that? The thing is that the cartoons just suck today. My son gets a kick out of... My son gets a kick out of... Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is a sucky cartoon. Well, yeah. I mean, what happened to Steamboat Willie, where the cat used to come up and, and, and abuse Mickey Mouse? Now that's that's good stuff, right? I I, I disagree that cartoons suck today. Well, there I are mean, definitely some good stuff. I you mean, have to consider Star that Wars Clone Wars, Batman: yeah. Brave and the Bold. I mean, Symbionic Titan that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phineas and Ferb. Right. Oh, those are all good. Good cartoons. Exactly. And and that's the the important thing is you can look at cartoons and see what they were trying to accomplish. And as long as a cartoon kind of sets its goals and then goes after it mm-hmm. and, and does it successfully, it's a successful cartoon. You know, the the right. big toy commercials of the eighties, they were great. They made me want to buy Transformers because right, 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 right. they were spectacular. But Tom, you know, you look at something like Samurai Jack. Right. What is Samurai Jack if not like Samurai Jack is art. Mm-hmm. It is an art cartoon. Right. You know, it's paying homage to and samurai sim- films and it's paying homage to black exploitation right. films. And, well, you I know, think all, all of those Tartakovsky uh, cartoons are kind of that way, especially yeah. that Symbionic Titan. You watch some of it and it's like, this is art in yep. motion. But I mean, if you and Matthew, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. But Tom and Jerry, you know, oh, the next wrong. Tom and Jerry cartoon that they come out with uh, yeah. is going to be like crap upon crap upon crap compared to Tom and Jerry on the moon or even the Tom and Jerry cartoons that were done by Russia. You know, what was it? The Czechoslovakian uh, animation department <laughs> the or whatever Czechoslovakian it was. Ones, yeah. Well, the problem that you're going to run into is that the Tom and Jerry cartoons that were made in the 40s and the 50s and you know even into the late 60s were made by guys whose job was to make a cartoon. Right. These were people who, you know, painted cells and did music and directed cartoons for a living. Directing cartoons was a job. Right. And now cartoons are what you do when you're trying to, you know, get your comic book off the floor or when you're trying to launch a property that you're going to use to transition into other media. There's no such thing anymore as a cartoon director. There are guys who, you know, program the wireframes and guys who are, you know, animators and lighting specialists and, you know, guys whose job is to program this to do that. It's not the same thing. And I think to some degree that that has changed with good reason. It's the same reason that you don't have people who are professionally illustrating comic books, you know, as, you know, grown men going in wearing a suit and tie. This right. is my job. 15 hours a day, I draw comics. No, it's now mostly fan based. Mm-hmm. So I think that the 
the impetus has changed. Cartoons were designed as throwaway media to fill time in between the, the short, you know, the newsreels and the films and whatever it was that you did on a Saturday afternoon. Comic books, to a liker degree, were disposable media for kids. Cartoons now are being overthought to the point where we have to make sure that we don't send a negative message. We want to make sure that Eric the Paladin always agrees with the rest of the group because right. going against the group can be dangerous for children. Right. That's, you know, that's the point where the fun comes out of it because if you've ever seen Yankee Doodle Mouse, which won an Academy Award in 1946 for being friggin' awesome, it's a series of Jerry blowing Tom up, mm-hmm. throwing light bulbs at his face, grating cheese on his neck, you know, hitting him in the head with a hammer, sticking an M80 up his butt. It's a, it's a <laughs> violent, violent cartoon, but <clears throat> it's funny at the end because the whole point of it is it's, it's a patriotic thing about the war and they're making jokes where Jerry's driving around in the little Jeep that he made out of a skate. And at the end, Lieutenant Jerry Mouse sends uh, an email to Mission Command that says, send more cats. Right. I, I just it's, don't see it's that. It's funny because it's true. But I just don't <laughs> see that level of violence that we used to see in the old cartoons. Oh, I mean, definitely The symbiotic not. titan that I've been talking about, I like how they handle the violence. Mm-hmm. You know people are dying and they kind of reference <laughs> it, but it's not the shotgun to the face gag. Although I still think that that's funny. Well, the, but that's different. Bill pointed back. There's, there's a difference I that's, that's between. Comedic, I know that's comedic gag. But, right. you know, I don't want to see a plane get shot down and suddenly two parachutes open up. Right. That's lame. I no do. wonder G.I. Joe important. never won the battle. Because Cobra just. Well, they only, just, they only had half the battle. Exactly. Grr, I, well, I, I, I don't I don't care. I you, generally do not care for modern day cartoons. Uh, for the most part, like I said, mm-hmm. I've rattled off about five or six of them that I find really enjoyable, and those are probably the most popular, yeah. probably the most popular cartoons out there. Star Wars, Clone Wars—that's mm-hmm. 3D. It's not really—I don't. I guess you can call it cartoon. Oh, it's animation. Um, it's animation. Symbiotic Titan. I thought I was going to despise, but I find out I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phineas and Ferb. Um, Batman. Justice League. I mean, those are good shows. But then you got Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Thomas the Tank Engine, and not even good Thomas the Tank Engine, where right. it was all real models. Right. Now you got Thomas the Tank Engine that has to have a CG animated face right. on front of the train. As opposed to just being a telepathic tank engine? Well, yes. Uh, because trains talk, you know. Yeah. Um, what's the other crap shows that, that uh, PBS That runs? PBS is putting out. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you what's a fantastic Berenstein show on PBS. Bears. Um, there's a show called Word Girl oh, yeah, on PBS, big on and Word it is Girl. it is hilarious. I like Word Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. How long does it take for each of you to write a review, Matthew? Um, if I count the images, two and a half hours. Is that from the time you pick up the book to read it to the time it goes live, or? That is from the point that I sit down at the computer intending. Well, the way my process goes is get the images, mm-hmm. cut them up, make them do what retro, they want. You're talking about retro reviews and hero histories. No, I'm talking about a regular review. Yeah, because, you know, there's the. So let's icon say. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Legion of Superheroes comes out. Uh, so I have a cover image. I have the PyCon image that's 650. I have the thumbnail image that you insist that we do for some reason. I have, you know, the, <laughs> basically four images. RSS feed. 
Shh, Matthew, it doesn't, doesn't I know. Don't, don't mention don't anyway, mention so RSS feeds I, to Matthew. Oh. It makes it furious. <laughs> also, make sure his orange juice is exactly go. 30 degrees. <laughs> Stephen has previously so, given me shoot. crap about this faithful spoiler right, so I'm going to go over this. I actually go and I, you know, I break things down in my image thing, and I try and make my images pretty awesome, and I do my thing. It takes about 45 minutes to do that, and then I take it, and I'll format the thing in our thing, and then I'll write it and transition it over into the format. And then I sit there and I futz around with it to make it look good. But about two and a half hours, the actual writing portion of the program takes about 45 minutes. Usually I'll read the book about three times during the process. I'll read it. I'll go ahead and do my images. I'll read it again. I'll go through and process everything down. I'll read it again and go back and read what I've written to see if what I've written bears any resemblance to what's in there. And then I'll slap it up. There are times when I'll miss, you know, like one little word and people will rip me up. So Yeah, you because know, you don't want to libel stuff. or slander anybody. <laughs> oh, um, perish forbid. And God forbid anybody be holded up. Yes. Um, I think for me it depends on the book. If it's a book that I really am not interested in reviewing, it, it may takes take longer. Me, it takes days for me yeah. to write that book, cause I, that review, because I just might be like, ugh. But if it's a really good um, – today I uh, read and reviewed Warlord of Mars number two. Mm-hmm. From the time that I read it to the time the the review went up is about 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. Total. I, I just – I write really fast a lot of times because part of the thing going back to previous writing stuff is when we were at NAB, mm-hmm. National Association of Broadcasters, we had to generate essentially 10 stories a day, and we didn't want to be up all night writing stories. So right. it was just like – Here's a 1,500-word review. Here's a 1,500-word commentary. Here's a 3,000-word whatever. And I'd have them done in like three hours. Mm-hmm. Just get it done and get it out. So probably, you know, about a, roughly about an hour, probably about the same as Matthew, about an hour. Um, you know, getting the, the graphics ready, probably, you know, 10, 15 minutes. What about you, Rodrigo? Um, for me, I, you know, probably it takes anywhere from two to four hours Mm-hmm. Um, and that's largely because I rarely actually write reviews for right. major spoilers right. um, or for anything for that matter. Um, so when I do, it's because I have time off and usually I tend to review um, gaming stuff, which mm-hmm. tends to be a little bit more dense mm-hmm. than than a comic book. And <laughs> um, you're our dense writer. I am. I'm 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 about as dense as it gets around here. Um, uh-huh. So. It you know I I try to that and I, I probably could write smaller reviews a little faster, but I, I purposefully try to make sure that I have a nice hearty review. Yeah, you know, a, full uh, of potatoes. A one paragraph review is not a review. A one it, sentence, it really isn't. A one sentence review is not a review. I, and, I feel kind of bad when I do the Twitter um, commentaries because those aren't really reviews; those are running commentaries mm. of something. Uh, but yeah. you know, some people think that they can go into a forum or go up to a website and here's one yeah. paragraph and that is a complete review. And it's like, well, maybe if you're doing a rapid fire review, one paragraph works because you're trying right. to do 50 of them in one, in one go. I usually, mean, usually but, when I write any of my articles, but reviews in particular, I try to have an angle for it. And sometimes right. the thing that takes me the longest is coming up with how do I approach this mm-hmm. so that I cover everything that's relevant about it or right. how do I approach this so that it's not just here's a book right. and I liked it 
and, kind of thing. Same, so yeah, a lot right. of the time that takes like it's I, it's the pre-production of the mm-hmm. review or the article that takes me the longest. Right, 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 and right. then once I have that outline that I like, it right. just duh, 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 look up some images, cut them up, mm-hmm. write some funny text underneath them, mm-hmm. put it up, get my tags yeah. in order. And again, it depends on yeah. the topic too. This was right. specifically writing review. If it's a top ten, could take longer to do research or what? Yep. So it just depends. Oh yeah. Um, if it's a said, hero history, God oh, yeah, forbid, I'll be up to weeks. them for days. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked, no, "Have you seen that. the the brand new Green Lantern trailer?" Not at this time. We neither one of us, none of yeah, us, have we, seen us seen it. Yeah. Um, Bean five twenty five says, "Do you guys think that the mighty of Thor the Mighty Avenger?" can be saved from cancellation like Spider-Girl. It was announced that Thor Mighty Avenger will be canceled like a couple months, month or so. Matthew, do you think it can be saved? Huh? Do you think Thor What's Mighty Thor Avenger, the Mighty Avenger? Apparently it's a series uh-huh. from uh, Marvel. Oh, I'm not familiar with the title. What do you, well, is, it, what uh, do you th- is it the All Ages Thor book? I have no idea. I've never read it. And that's probably why it's being canceled. It, it, I think it is. I will say this in terms of titles being rescued mm-hmm. from damnation. Uh, they generally don't come back the same. Uh, yeah. Or if they do, it's it's really just a life support situation. Right. A perfect example I can think of is Manhunter, mm-hmm. where they canceled that book. And some group of podcasters got it in their head that they were going to bring that series back. And they rallied and they cried and they said, send letters to DC and bring this title back. And DC said, oh, my goodness, there's so many of you that are that are interested in Manhunter. Perhaps we're not reading our demographics correctly. Why, yes, we will bring Manhunter back. And it came back and the sales were worse than when they canceled the series. Yeah. And then they canceled it again. And again, the cry went out far and wide. Bring Manhunter back. We demand Manhunter and they brought the series back, and it did even worse, and they canceled it again, and still people cried, bring us Manhunter. And they said, well, yeah. okay, we're not going to bring it back as a series. We'll throw it as an eight-page backup in, was it Batwoman or Detective Comics or one of those two? Mm-hmm. And Streets of Gotham. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. And sales were doing okay there, but now DC has said it's too expensive for us to run this many pages in a book. Mm-hmm. Out go the eight-page backup. So again, out goes Manhunter. Manhunter. Uh, you know, if something's canceled... There's a reason why it's canceled. It's because right. people don't have any interest in it. Oh, if people actually did have interest in it. I completely disagree. No, for no, the, no, for no. The most, if you're looking at it from a business perspective, most things get canceled because the powers that be do not see it making money for them. And we've had this discussion before. You know, why do you cancel Blue Beetle? Why do you cancel these? It's because they're making you know, 10,000 copies or 10, selling 10,000 copies. And if you're DC, 10,000 copies is like bottom of the barrel kind mm. of stuff. And uh, so it makes fiscal is, sense to is, cancel. Even it's not the same character. to say that, but it's not the same to say that it's not making enough money is people just aren't reading it. That is not the case. A- Agents of Atlas was semi-canceled and brought back like three times. It is a wonderful book. You're, I'm ashamed that you people don't read it. You're terrible human beings and you should feel bad. Oh, but I also, bad. it was a great book. It was a great book. And not enough people supported it. Not enough people either read about it or liked it. That doesn't mean that people didn't like it and that it's not, 
you know, I didn't say it's people didn't sellable. like it. I said it doesn't sell. People were not selling it. Thunder mm-hmm. Agents. Honestly, Matthew, you let me ask you a question. I know you're a huge fan of the Thunder Agents. You were all excited about the Thunder Agents number one. I think you gave it what four, four and a half out of five stars. You did excellent four. hero histories of the Thunder Agents of all the characters. Uh, they're really great, and it's it's clear that you have a huge passion for the Thunder Agents. How long do you think the Thunder Agents are going to last? I would be surprised if they go 25 issues. Why? Is it because the stories are terrible? No, it's because comic fans buy what they know. And the comics industry knows how to sell them Wolverine Batman, Superman. The comics industry knows how to sell a big, you know, crossover event where everything you know is wrong and everything will be changed. And two months later, Norman Osborn will be in prison and everyone will have forgotten it. They don't know how to sell something different. Uh, Thunder Agents number one, and I said this in my review, seems to be aimed heavily at those people who already like Thunder Agents. Mm-hmm. Now, Thunder Agents is a 40-year-old title at this point. The people who love Thunder Agents are not going to be able to support this book all by itself. Yeah, because they're retired by now. As much as, as much as I want this book to succeed, the original Thunder Agents series went 21 issues. If it beats that, I'll be happy. I would be surprised in an era where, you know, my favorite books, Hawkeye and Mockingbird went under. Mm-hmm. Agents of Atlas went under. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Beetle was gone. Sword yeah. didn't make it six issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they retroactively canceled Young Allies with number six. Aft number seven was created and submitted to the company because they didn't want to open a new arc based on the sales being where they are. Right. It, Marvel you know, knows how to sell Spider Man and the X Men. DC knows how to sell Batman and Superman. Everything else is pretty much. Hey, let's see how we can fill out the top 25 charts. It's frustrating and it's annoying and it's, you know, right. it's something that I hate. I agree with you, but this, that's the business side of it. But again, this is the, this is the weird part in, in this conversation that you and I are having and hopefully Rodrigo will jump in is that we're talking about DC and Marvel. You know, 10,000, 8,000 for a DC book is like the craps. Same way with Marvel. Marvel would probably just, you know, die if they, if they had a book selling less than 5,000 copies. Mm-hmm. But you know, for smaller companies, like maybe Image or Boom or Dynamite, 5,000 copies is like their biggest hit. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and those books will continue. Right. You know, for, for a time until those sales get really pathetic. Um, you know, so going back to that question, I, is there hope for this series that's being canceled ever coming back? Rodrigo, do you? Um, you know, because it's Thor, I would say no. I, you know, like bits of it might get picked up and and used in other stories. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there hope for it to be saved? Probably because Marvel likes its stunts and saying, "Aha!" Because you demanded it. Mm-hmm. Issue number six. No, they'll of, call it. They'll call it issue number one. A brand new right, number. One. Brand new number one of Thor's mm-hmm. uh, mighty event. Thor mighty Avenger. Ma- um, is Ma- there is there a a a reasonable chance that they won't cancel it? Yes. Is there a reasonable chance that it will go two issues after it has been recommissioned? No. If if the company said it's canceled, they're they're not going to just suddenly turn around next month and say, hey, guess what? We're bringing it back. Right. It's going to be gone for a while. Matthew, let me ask you this. Mm. 80 pages 
That's a weird question. 80 pages, four mini stories, Thunder Agents, Blue Beetle. Are are you uh, trying to do your your anthology thing again? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you do you not think that anthologies work or, or they don't work? Anthologies fail based on the fact that if I have a book that sells 10,000 copies. That does not mean that people are going to buy 10,000 copies of eight pages of that with something else in the foreground. Marvel Comics presents Action Comics Weekly. These books have proven that even with the anchor of a proven seller, you're not necessarily going to create something that sells to everyone. If you buy an issue of Marvel Comics Presents at the B. Dalton in 1994, you know, you're going to be getting an issue, you know, a partial issue of Vengeance, a partial issue of Wolverine, and it's something that has something to do with the New Warriors and some Shang-Chi one-shot. Now, mm-hmm. if I love the New Warriors and Shang-Chi, why am I going to spend a buck and a quarter on this comic that's only got half as much of them? Or am I even going to hear about the fact that the New Warriors and Shang-Chi are in it because the cover is obviously Wolverine and Spider-Man? True. Anthologies don't work because the nature of the anthology in today's, you know, model of selling comics makes it extremely difficult. Marvel Comics Showcase? did uh, an an- Yeah. Do you remember that series? That was an anthology, wasn't it? Because it was like two two uh-huh. different stories in each issue and it ran for like four or five years, I think. It started in ninety three and ran through to like ninety seven or ninety eight maybe. That kind of worked. I don't know if it sold really well. Well, and but and ev- really... every issue was anchored with Batman or Superman. Yeah, that's true too. And and really, that's really that's almost the only way that they can work. I mean, I, I remember watching the Animaniacs and thinking like, "Oh God, it's a Good Feathers, right?" Or like a Rita and Runt. Yeah, and you as know, soon as and, Pinky and the Brain and, popped up. Yeah, exactly. In retrospect, I'm like, "Wow, those Rita and Run things. That's freaking Bernadette Peters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's awesome." But you know, at the time, I was like, Gah. "Now they're gonna sing for 20 minutes. I'll come back when the Warner Brothers are back on." Right, right. right. You know, and it's kind of the same thing with anthologies. As you know, like you said, it's like, "Ooh, there's like eight pages of Machine Man in mm-hmm. this, but I have to sit through, you know, Sticky Fingers Blade." <laughs> <laughs> to to get to it or or i have to buy that to get my machine man fix right uh another question comes in what's your biggest and best comics related score rodrigo six matthew 53 i was gonna say uh, danny elfman's batman uh next question who is your favorite <laughs> we're dicks who is hey i, I promised everybody we get an answer it may not be the answer that you were hoping for who is your favorite Lantern Corps? Mine is red, says uh, Geek News CT Comic. There's a lot going on there with that Twitter handle. I guess. I think it's secretly trying to plug somebody else's website. Nah. Matthew, do you have a favorite Lantern Corps? Sort of. I prefer the ones that are made of that netting that glow really good and keep away the bugs at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are but those that's are only the, the, that's the a bug gas lantern lantern. core. Yeah, that's a that's a gas yeah. one that you have to pump up. Yeah, uh, the I gas like lantern. I miss you go, those. Sh- I miss those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The carcinogen you ones can just camp? can't get those anymore. Well, because you know, do you ever burn those and then go in and and then touch they it? And just those. because it's ash, it just falls apart the minute you burn it and then you touch it. It's it's ash that's holding together mm-hmm. and glowing. Ah. Yeah, Coleman pretty- Lanterns. We miss them. 
how long can each of you hold your breath? I cannot hold it as long as I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to go like 45 seconds, something like that. Now I'm lucky if I can go 25. It's all those years of smoking. Um, Must be years because I'm still waiting for a DC title to hook me. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Matthew? The wife says not long enough. <laughs> when's the last time you laughed so hard you ran out of breath and teared up that was a couple of weeks ago on one of the podcasts yeah i was laughing so hard i think i almost passed out there, there was like, there was that intro to critical hit where oh, yeah, like yeah, basically yeah. we just had a meltdown at the beginning of the yeah. episode i think matthew for me it was last recent, night or the, I, I was gonna say yeah. the most recent critical hit recording that we did matthew has a good laughing moment yeah well, and, and I don't know why it struck me, but Stephen, you know, Stephen had an Orem moment, and I was waiting for Orem to, to go into it as well. Obviously, this will have happened, and he's just like, sorry. <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> I just lost it. Um, I was just gone for a good two minutes. Let's see here. I kind of lost my spot. Uh, oh, what's on your holiday wish list? Hmm. I know that I'm getting because you know my parents never know what to get me. Right. So they basically just ask me, mm-hmm. and I've given them a list. Um, I think I'm getting like the first volume of the Sword. Oh, cool. Which is With cool. The Luna Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm getting the. I'm getting. I think Mario Galaxy Two. Cool. We. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, and I'm getting a couple other like a couple like nice comic. Comics. I think I'm getting the third volume uh, or like the third season of, of Doctor Who of the new series. Cool. Um, so I'm like slowly getting, and these are all ones that I've already seen. Right, right, right. Um, but I'm I'm slowly building up. So this this is the next season that I need to get. Matthew, what's on your holiday wish list? Um, the Eleven Doctors action figure collector box set. SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Um, I still don't have a copy of Grand Theft Auto 4 for the PS3. I need that. Um, a threesome with a hot blonde. <laughs> um, and uh, Pepperidge Farms cheese. I do I like cheese. I might be getting that Pepperidge Farms cheese. I really would like $100 million. That'd solve all my problems. <laughs> uh, actually, See, you're that list, guy. Don't be that guy. My is... Um, I've got an adapter, a viewfinder adapter that I want to get for my Canon 5D. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a eight terabyte hard drive that's on my list, a fisheye lens to do some very cool things. Um, my thing is, poor, poor, pitiful me. Uh, growing up as a kid, I'd mm-hmm. always like, man, I sure would like to have this, mom and dad. I'd be flipping through that Sears. Christmas catalog. Right. Oh, look at all these Star Wars figures. Mom and Dad, I'd sure like to have all these Star Wars action figures. Look, here's the cantina. Mom and Dad, the cantina. And look, I can, and the little guys, and can, can we get this? This is what I really would like for Christmas. What do they get me? The Star Wars droid factory. Look, you can make all the characters you want. Nice. Yeah, I can make one of them, and then I have to tear that one apart, like and then I have colors. to make a different one. So I was always never got what I want as a kid. Mm-hmm. Today, if I want something, I usually go out and yeah see that's that's the thing with me too like my parents are like well what do you want for Christmas it's like well nothing because yeah whatever I want 
when it comes out, I just go out and get it. Right. So I've had to kind of develop this B list of things mm-hmm. I want, mm-hmm. and that's that's what I have people get me. Yeah, I, I still haven't done that. It's just like, no, I don't need anything. I really, honestly, don't want anything. Yeah. And it pisses people off. Yeah. Because I'm not a big Christmas person. Christmas is not well, a, a fun see, holiday for and me. And that's and that's the thing, Stephen. You have to re- you have to realize that Christmas, like your wedding, is for other people. <laughs> Like it yeah. is for other people hey, actually, to give our, you things. Yeah, I guess. And and that was the weird thing about when my wife and I got married is mm-hmm. we had everything. Yeah. I mean, because exactly. I had all my stuff. She had all of her stuff. Yep. Combined together, we had way too much stuff. Yeah. And now people are like, well, we want to get well, you more stuff. The, like, the idea hey. of wedding gifts is from back when people got married yeah. when they were 16 yeah, yeah, and they, they were, didn't yeah, have they things. didn't have anything. Yeah. Um, I, I just. Uh, and I our, just say that because I'm cheap and I don't want to get you guys wedding gifts. Well, we've been married for seven years. I didn't mean you guys specifically. I mean my friends who listen to this. I'm not (laughs) getting you anything. Hello, Rodrigo's friends. Uh, Funniest recording moment out in the field. Funniest video recording moment out on the field. Um, Uh, Apparently, everyone knows that we all do video work. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Was that from Brian? No, this is from uh, J. Michael T. Uh TV Scroll Brian actually had uh, worst book you've read recently. Hmm. I haven't given any one-star reviews recently, but I don't know. There's something in this pile that I don't care for. There's My a, there's a fundamental... favorite field story is a good story. Okay. Some people may know what a lavalier mic is. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a little mic that you clip on your shirt. I went, and this was when I worked for KBSH in Topeka, and the young lady in question shall remain nameless because... Uh, I don't think she's ever listened. Excuse me, KBSH, forgive me. My brain hurts. KBSH. It's the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in Hayes. Okay. All right. Yes. That was where I worked. Okay. Are you there now? Yes, yes. Because first you said KBSH in Topeka, and I didn't know if you meant WIBW in Topeka, which you're confusing me. Or KBSH. Stop confusing me. Wherever I am is where I am, and wherever you are is somewhere else, so you take calls. So Matthew worked at a And TV when you station. wake up, you will remember nothing. Yes, probably. That's usually what happens. The young lady in question had to wear a lavalier mic because mm-hmm. we were doing a stand-up interview thing. Right. The young lady in question was wearing a dress, and the dress had no waistband, no belt, nothing on the back that we could clip it to. And the uh, salesperson who had come with us said, oh, we'll just clip it to your underwear. And the young lady was like, um, so uh, in the middle of this field at, yeah, in the middle of this, this, it was like county fair. My job was to stand there and be as wide as possible while the sales lady threaded this mic up the back of the girl's dress and connected it to her brassiere and then ran it back around so that the 30 or 40 people milling about us didn't see the fact that they were pulling up her dress and she obviously wasn't wearing anything underneath it. And, of course, you know, she's hooking the, the microphone into her bra, and she forgot and got all the way home with a microphone in her bra, at which point, you know, she started undressing, and her husband was like, what the hell is that? So it was just one of those moments where I was just kind of entertained by the whole thing. And, you know, I was single at the time, and I was just kind of like, boy, I wonder if I turned around real fast, what would happen? And then, yeah. you know, I'd get fired and have a job, but still. Rodrigo? Um, I've had a lot of adventures, uh, actually, just here in Kansas. Um, one of like, and and these these aren't fun; they're only fun in retrospect. Um, but one time, actually, uh, Scroll Brian and I were out on a shoot because we uh, Scroll Brian used to work with me at PBS, and we 
got caught in a tornado like there was a we oh, were yeah, on yeah. we were on i-70 and the tornado was supposed to cross i-70 mm-hmm. right where we were and i i kid you not we were sitting there listen we were stopped on the uh, at the side of the road listening to the radio trying to figure out where this tornado g- gonna cross and the 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 guy on the radio who we knew because this is a small yeah. it's western kansas yeah it's western kansas um he said the tornado is expected to cross I-70 at mile marker 23. And I shit you not, we could see mile marker 23 with the headlights of our car. It was right there. And we were like, oh, my God, we are going to die. So what would you do? We just kind of froze, honestly. We were, like, just sitting there, like, looking around. And, like, I remember Brian, like, unbuckling his seatbelt and being like, well, and I'm like, what did you just unbuckle your seatbelt? It's like, well, if I see it, I can go into the ditch. And I'm like, I'm not from around here. You think you could inform me of things like that? And, you know, the tornado passed. We never saw it. It was like, ra- it was actually wrapped in a hailstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we saw the hail all over the place. And eventually, you know, the sky started clearing up. The tornado must have passed behind us somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we suspect that we were within a mile of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so had it not been in a storm, we could have probably seen it pretty closely. I have a, a similar um, story like that. When we were living at the other house, it was either a tornado or a microburst. Uh-huh. It was just coming through, blowing through. And I was right. like, wow, look at those clouds. I'm going to go out and shoot that stuff. Right. And so I'm standing next to the fence and I'm shooting these clouds and these swirling mass and everything. And Chata's like, the winds start picking up and she's like, you better get in here now. And I bolt from the fence because it was really picking up. Mm-hmm. And I was, the fence was five foot high. I was five feet, five inches away from that fence and the wind just came down and just blew the entire fence down in one go. Yeah. It was scary. Oh, uh, yeah. Almost blew the, you know, the glass window in. So that's not a funny story. That's a scary story. Funny story for me was we were shooting a uh, car show in Atlanta and we were shooting downtown. And for whatever reason, the bums thought that we had money and the bums came out in mass begging for money. And it's kind of sad because these were not just bums that were, I don't, I don't want to conform to society. These were like the mentally ill, but this one guy had his pants, the back part of his pants ripped from the waistband all the way down to the knee. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't wearing any underwear. Ugh. And he kept walking as we were shooting. We, we gave him some money. We even bought him a sandwich so he would go away. Right. But he kept walking in the background. As you the watch this video, you, keep, you, see, you see him walk through, and from the front, he looks like a normal, oversized man. And then you'd see him come back through, and you see this big ass just walking through the <laughs> shot and it's like how the hell are we gonna edit this together and we felt bad for the guy but at the same time he was ruining our yeah our shoot uh, based on your personality who would you enjoy meeting who would enjoy meeting you if you were to travel back in time that's such a weird <laughs> that's a, question first of all no one wants to meet me yeah i guarantee you no one wants to meet me like uh, i don't know george carlin might be interested in meeting matthew Jim Belushi might, or John Belushi <laughs> might be interested in meeting Matthew. I think probably like really, like random people, like maybe Carol Carol Burnett's uh, agent would be like, "Hey, this kid could <laughs> file paperwork for me," or you know, like uh, John from the Bible. He'd be like, "Hey, awesome beard, man." <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, I don't think he no. wants to meet you. No. Yeah. I have met Teddy Roosevelt. 
And time-traveling Teddy Roosevelt owes me money! <laughs> There's a reason why uh, time-traveling Teddy Roosevelt carries a big stick. It's because Rodrigo has an even bigger stick that he wants to beat him over the head with. Oh, give him bully. <laughs> Any trades you guys will never review? I don't know. I don't think so. We reviewed Wraithborn. Yeah, there you go. Matthew, there any are trades any that we will never review? Trades that we'll never... I, not by design, but I think that just the nature of the fact that there are hundreds of thousands of trades right. guarantees that there will be trades that we will never review. But I guess we're very unlikely I don't think to ever review... To... Uh, we're, we're unlikely to review, say, Crossed. Yeah, probably. We probably won't. Because there's a, there's a level of, oh, this was bad, let's talk about it, and then there's like, no, this is actually an uncomfortable experience for all of us right, right, kind of right. thing. So yeah, there's probably certain things that we'll never read. When do we get another video podcast and who will draw the character representing uh, Matthew? Actually, this says who will draw the character resenting Matthew. <laughs> the character <laughs> the resenting. The character resenting Matthew. I think he means Anybody can Matthew. draw Steven as long as they have like a compass <laughs> and something to sketch in a little Charlie Brown uh, piece of hair on top. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we were with talking a little about doing fume something. line on top of it. Yes. Uh, we were talking about <laughs> doing a video show at episode 250, but Rodrigo had to go and do a football game out yeah. of nowhere. That's Plus, also Rodrigo 250, I think, is a weekend show. <laughs> yeah. We, we may do one here pretty I'm soon. I'm Rodrigo, I and I like having money to buy food yes, with. exactly. I don't know when we'll do it. Uh, we've got some issues uh, mainly with the office looks like crap right now. Plus, I want to build a desk that is video worthy so that mm -hmm. we can have a, you know, because another person asked uh, another question that came down that I saw earlier is, when are you guys going to get on board and do like what uh, the rest of the Frog Pants Network does and do video feeds? Well, we'd like to do video feeds. Right. Um, but, you know, we don't have a, a, an outfit or a room that looks decent enough. And we're waiting for Matthew to come around and say, hey, it'd be cool for people to see my face. Right. But Matthew hasn't come around to that. Yeah, that so ain't going to happen. People need to convince, convince Matthew. Somebody said... Hey, when are you guys going to do a live stream of Critical Hit? I'll tell you right now. We're never going to do a live stream of Critical Hit because it's going to spoil too much information. Yeah. And unless somebody's going to pay us buku bucks to spoil a month's plus worth of information mm -hmm. in one afternoon, ain't going to happen. No. Ain't going to happen. Uh, does Matthew really know how cool his retro... Re oh, why did we have to... Why did somebody have to ask that question? <laughs> does Matthew really know how cool his retro reviews are? Matthew, did you know that your retro reviews were really cool? I seem to recall the retro review being one of the reasons why you actually hired me. And I use the phrase hired in its new uh, phraseology, meaning I'm not going to give you any money. I think it was more than on your deathbed, you might receive total consciousness. I love the retro reviews because. Sure. Shush. They don't need to know about that. Like Luthor Howard's <laughs> don't spend any. <laughs> Uh, the the retro reviews are actually one of my joys, which is one of the reasons why you'll see a lot of those. Even like last week when I couldn't get anything done and everything exploded in my face, uh -huh. I still made time for a retro review. Because I can't guarantee you that the next issue of Legion of Superheroes in number seven is going to grab me and make me go, Ooh, this is really awesome. Yeah. Or even better, if it's going to be so horrible that I want to tell everybody about it. But I can tell you right now, that I can go and grab Fantastic Four number 51 and go, look how wonderful this is, or, you know, Daredevil number seven, or Teen Titans number 38, or, you know, and on the awful side, I have Nash number two. I have a bunch of comics that I can go over, and, you know, mm -hmm. it takes a little longer to sit and scan, but I already own them. 
Yep. Is that the guy with the the guy with from Miami Vice and Cheech Marin? No, this is actually Kevin Nash from the w, the WWE uh, FCF WCW. I think TV's Brian is trying to be a smartass. On a scale of five, three is clearly the average score or median score, if you will. Uh, comic book title that should never be made into a movie slash TV show, but probably will be. Uh, you know, that that question is complicated because, honestly, the inverse is, is really the, the mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a lot of, you know, big DC, big Marvel stuff being made into movies. And not that it shouldn't be done, but really you're going to end up with a lot of, for example, you know, how long is it going to be before we actually get that Atomic Robo Right. Movie. Right. You know, that movie, that movie should be fast track. Actually, somebody's working on a short film yeah. of Atomic Robo right now. But, cool. I, and the short, and that's good. That's yeah. great. But why are we getting Cowboys versus Aliens before Atomic Robo? That's true. That is true. I don't know. I, I, I think every comic is a potential property. Definitely. Every comic has a potential TV show. Will it be a good adaptation? Nine times, or let's say, Five times out of ten, yes, it will be a good ad- mm-hmm. adaptation. Five times out of ten, it will be a sucky adaptation. And really, the the important thing, and I, I kind of wanted to bring this up when we talked about the Hulk um, last uh, last podcast about mm-hmm. um, the TV show. Yeah, about Del Toro being mm-hmm. uh, tied to it. For me, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the comic or the book, or sorry, the 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 adaptation being faithful to the comic. Right, right, right although that's important to a certain degree, so much as, is it a good adaptation? Right. Um, you know, I love covers. I love, sometimes, I love the, like, a cover, cover of a song. more than the original, yeah. Well, a cover of a song will make me like the the previous song more. I mean, who likes uh, Drop the Pilot, you know? But the fact that there's a cover of, to, of it um, makes it a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, what did this person do to make this different? What did this person do to accommodate their own ideas into this right so sometimes that it's it's more the process of that adaptation that makes it interesting you know sam raimi getting to riff on spider-man was very cool yeah um and that's not necessarily the essential spider-man because i think that's uh what they're changing amazing spider-man's title into Mm -hmm. um but it's his take on spider-man and that actually makes it pretty interesting matthew would alphabet soups make a great tv series Oh hell yeah! Alphabet Soups would be awesome. That'd be a great PBS. I think it would be. Yeah, I think it would make a good kids show. But uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that Crossed would would cross uh, no pun intended into other media quite so clearly. Um, I think that it would be difficult to do something like. Well, I think Green Lantern is going to be difficult enough, but I think it would be difficult mm-hmm. to do effectively do x-men as an ongoing series i you know i always remark that smallville is is way long in the tooth but i'm pretty surprised that they were able to get 11 seasons out of that thing you know yeah yeah most teenagers don't last that long um bronco bronco uh who i've met he's a he's a big fan of the frog pants network um, I've met him before when I went to Nerdtacular a couple of years ago. He says, will the major spoilers team be at Nerdtacular 2011 in June? Um, depends on how many t-shirts we sell. Let me yeah. just put it that way. Pretty much. Uh, I, I think I've said something to the effect of like 1,000 to 1,500 t-shirts. If we yeah. sell that many t-shirts by December 15th, yeah, I think there's a pretty good uh, chance that all of the major spoilers 
uh, and critical hit people, the core people, Matthew, myself, Rodrigo, Rob, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, are we missing anybody? That's everybody. That's Alex. Alex, Alex uh, could all very easily be at, at uh, Nerdtacular. But, you know, time will tell. There's also something that I can't talk about just yet that may prohibit me from going, but we'll talk about that another time. But so far, just depends on t-shirt sales. Um, up until about... Probably up until about September, I was planning on going to uh, Nerdtacular just by myself, regardless of what everybody mm-hmm. else was doing. But we are keeping our calendars a little bit clean right around that area. Uh, there's that question about, could you guys do a live session of Critical Hit? Sure, pay us $10,000. We'll do it. Uh, will you guys follow the Frog Pants Network example to your own show live? We do our shows live, just nobody watches it live. Um, if dead really meant dead <laughs> in comics, who would you want to take a dirt nap? For example, Magog. Mm-hmm. If you if dead really meant dead in comics, who would you really want to take a dirt nap? Rodrigo? Psylocke. Okay. Why? Just, uh, like, you kind of want your characters, I think, to be like trees. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of uh, start with their little origin and then they, you know, they spread out in different ways and they become more and more interesting as, as they go up. Right. Um, Psylocke is, you can really see a complex and horrible system of roots. Like she has all these weird origins and powers and stuff. Then at the center, there's a ninja looking over her shoulder at you. So you can see her butt. Right. And then, you know, it doesn't go very far. Yeah. Um, so she's kind of like an upside down tree and yeah. that annoys me. Like she has a very complex origin for a character that actually doesn't have much going for her. Mm-hmm. Um she kind of embodies what I really really don't like about the X-Men and really comics in general. Right. Is that extremely complicated origin story for a character that is just a one-note character. Mm-hmm. Matthew? Uh it's a three-part answer for me. Okay. I really liked the point where the Justice League of America had meaningful consequences because three of their founders were dead. Mm-hmm. So if I had the choice of anybody being dead, I would retroactively undo the resurrections of uh, Oliver Queen, Hal Jordan, and Barry Allen. Not Damn, because I want answer. them to be dead. Not because I want them to be dead, but because I want there to be continuity i want there to be a a meaning to what happened i don't think that i don't think that bringing any of them back has led to stories that are as iconic as well one of their deaths oliver's deaths was pretty meaningless and hal's was god awful so even so i liked the part where we could say that yes we cannot have the original justice league pull back together because they're dead there were consequences to the fact that these people fight for a living Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you on all three of those. I would also like to add Batman to that. I just really think maybe it's Bruce Wayne's time has come. Mm. He should have returned, but whatever. Uh, this is probably only for Rodrigo, although after reading this question, it's probably more for Matthew, too. What is your favorite video game based on a comic property? Um, Ultimate Spider-Man was pretty good. I'm trying to think if there was something else. But Ultimate Spider-Man was really good. Like it just it really got the web slinging mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um the game I believe actually fit into the continuity of the comic. Eventually it was 
retconned out right, right but when it first came out it actually fit into the continuity of ultimate spider-man that's that's probably um, not the answer that the person who submitted this this is from dc universe online uh, that's who submitted that question i think they weren't looking for nice Marvel nice Spider-Man. well there you go it's 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 an activision <laughs> uh game which i think has done dc stuff before yeah, yeah, yeah. matthew do you have anything to add i do um i had a point where i was playing marvel ultimate alliance and I had Power Man, Iron Fist, Ghost Rider, and Phoenix in play. And it was kind of a moment where I was like, this I could get used to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then, of course, I ran out of time and the thing had to go back to the store. So, you know, so I, I really liked that one. Although I do have a favorite comic book adaptation of a video game. Okay. Atari when Mortal Force? Kombat 2... No, when Mortal Kombat 2 came out, you could send away for a Mortal Kombat 2 comic book. It was super, super limited to like 57,000 oh, yeah, yeah. copies. Yeah, yeah. I got them, and it, it is the most awkward image-related sort of, oh, no, <laughs> it is Scorpion, the ninja who has decided to kill me. Luckily, I am a member of the Lin Kwai myself, and I have ninja powers too. But those are robot ninjas <laughs> with no souls. Oh, no, Shao Kahn is here. Oh, no, a bear is driving. How can this be? <laughs> we are almost out of time, so it's rapid fire time. If you could write your dream comic, who, living or dead, would be your ideal artist? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, We'll go with um, Albuquerque. Okay. I'm going to go with either Adam Hughes or Humberto Ramos right around his Crimson era. Mm-hmm. Matthew. George Perez, circa 1987. Uh, like a druggie that hasn't tapped a vein in over a year, I'm headed back to WoW with Cataclysm. Are any of you? Well, I will be getting Cataclysm. I have been playing WoW on and off. Rodrigo? Uh, certainly not. Although, I will point out something that I found, because I've been watching Cataclysm's video came out, so I went back and watched the opening videos for each of the expansions. They all end with a giant bat wing monster. Go back and watch them. The ending is always... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> giant bedwing monster um i okay this one's specifically for rodrigo i want to listen to critical hit but i don't play D. sell me on it go just do it do it do it now you won't regret it that's how you start playing D too i mean it's just like hey you know a bunch of a bunch of your friends are getting together and playing. Here's, here's another question. Are you guys bummed, uh, as everyone else seems to be, with the news that Thor the Mighty Avenger is getting canceled today? <laughs> no. not. No. Uh, Sorry, not following it. Given the chance, what would you prefer? Critical Hit comic book? Critical Hit the animated series? Critical Hit live? Or Critical Hit the hardcovered book? Matthew? Uh, critical Hit the comic book. Rodrigo? Uh, critical hit on ice, definitely. Critical hit the animated series for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no critical hit live, no hardcover book. Uh, why won't Matthew get a Twitter account? Uh, I say because he's afraid of technology. Rodrigo? Um, I think it's because of the prestige of not being on Twitter. Matthew? Matthew is not a 15-year-old girl, and social networking is only fun when I'm socially networking <laughs> in a way that I give a rat's ass about. I can't keep my response to a simple question under 160 characters. <laughs> How in God's name do you think I'm going to do it on the Twitter day after day? <laughs> For example, that would have way exceeded yeah, the, the way maximum. Exceeded 140 exactly. <laughs> a lot of people asking it's about the our character limit of... that keeps me off the Twitter. 
Uh, a lot of people asking us about the Green Lantern trailer. We just haven't had it by the time we watched mm-hmm. it. By the time here's we my impression it. of Green Lantern. I am the Green Lantern. Ah! Pew pew pew! I make a boxing glove at you. Who would win in a fight, I John Constantine space. or Stephen Strange? John Constantine. Uh, probably Stephen Strange. No, I'd probably go with John, uh, jo- Constantine. John Constantine because he could whip out all his uh, anti magics. John would win in a fight up to anyone at the power level of Kurt Angle or below. Okay, mm. Rodrigo. Um, yeah, I'll go with Constantine actually for some heck blazing. Major spoilers: Bill Willingham from first edition AD and D to Vertigo's Fables. Why have you never talked about the peoples who cross over between your two hobbies? Well, you know, uh, I've actually extended an invitation to Bill a couple of times to be on the show, but each time we've run into some issues. Either it was the start of a Comic-Con season, or most recently, I believe it was um, his house was flooding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bill Willingham's uh, definitely on my on my sites as somebody I want to get on the show. I want to get all of the Clockwork Storybook people on the show. And if you don't know what Clockwork Storybook is, then you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Well, I would is say, you know what? Is there an elemental spray we could do a review of? No, I don't know. What is that one little, uh, what's that little devil, the little devil comic that he did? That's that's collected in a trade. Let me see here. What were you going to say, Rodrigo? Well, I would say if you want to, if you're like, hey, why haven't you guys interviewed these people who cross over between your hobbies? Well, Sometimes they, honestly, sometimes they just don't pay attention to us. So if you bring it up to them on their Twitter feeds or get him emails, you know, tell Will Whedon that he needs to be on Major Spoilers. Yeah, Elementals, The Natural Order, all of these are available. Uh, Elementals, Sex Special, number one. Elementals, I would love to talk to Will Whedon. Yeah. Comico in Elementals, volume 14, or volume two. Cold yeah, we could probably get Elementals on our list sometime. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I'd like to talk to. I'm just glad that we've got Mark Wade back a couple of times. He's mm-hmm. a very great conversation, and uh, so uh, so be it. All right, that's it for the questions. Anything else that uh, you guys want to talk about really quick? Matthew, go. In the words of the great philosopher John Caravella, booger. Rodrigo. Um, the uh, bacon cheddar melt at Arby's is pretty good. I had one before coming down. Excellent. Um. I hadn't been a big fan of Arby's before, but that one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Might I suggest if you like uh, tangy barbecue, the barbecue sandwich? I really don't. You don't? Neither no. does my wife. I don't understand. No, it's, you people are weird. It's an American thing, honestly. Barbecue in general. Yeah. Must be. Uh, I want to say the Matthew, Rodrigo, I love you guys both. So glad to have you on the show. Listeners, so glad to have you part of the show. Um, what can I say? Onward until next week. Uh, I think we're only going to do... Will we do two shows next week, Rodrigo? I don't remember. All right. I'll we'll be see. around for things, I think like, maybe during not. Thanksgiving break, so. Yeah, we'll be around. I we think we're only on doing Saturday. a Saturday show next week. No, we're doing it. Why, are you not here on Tuesday? Oh, I don't know. I'm just being an ass. Oh, okay. No, we'll do two shows next week. Oh, Me that, did. Matthew. Did it, did it, did it, did it. <laughs> see you guys later. Who else but Matthew? If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers.
If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. It's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah Major Spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2010.